0: and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,152 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson, alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? We missed you yesterday. Well, healthy and alive. Uh, yeah,
1: yesterday I was uh, uh, still asleep when when they uh, when you did the recording. Uh, I had a long day the day before and uh, uh, did not set an alarm. Did not. Uh, I put my phone on silent and. Um, did not hear any
0: notifications at all. I was, I was out of it. We uh, kind of threw that one at you at the last minute, but uh, it was one of those where some technical difficulties happened on the normal day that we would have done that. And you and I had some other things planned that evening. So we did that and then the next day rolled around and nothing happened. And then I, I mean, I got some study time in and then I rang Ned uh, early yesterday afternoon. And I said, Hey, you know, do you want to, uh, do you want to put something together? And he said, sure. So I kind of, I threw it at you two hours before we were ready to go. Uh, not knowing of course that you'd been up all night, the night before. So, you know, it's just one of those things. Time schedules didn't, didn't line up time difference and and everything else. So it is what it is, but it's all good. What's on your radar today? If, if you don't have anything lined up, then we can just uh, go into a few things that I saw today that caught my eye, but uh, there's not a whole lot going on today. Uh, Honestly, the, the most depressing thing I've seen in the news is
1: something that's kind of, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's going under people's radar. We're aware of it and we're, active well, I mean everybody's actively aware of it because it's financial. Everybody's actively aware that everything's going up in prices. Uh bought some lunch meat here the other day. Uh just ordered a pound of lunch meat deli cut. Thirteen dollars. Thirteen dollars. Thirteen dollars. Good yeah, lord. It was yeah for turkey. We were, we actually could not find chicken, so I grabbed turkey instead. Uh but anyway, uh so everybody's aware of uh, the prices of everything. Uh, the thing that I don't know that people are paying attention to as a whole, not just our you know the listener. because um, if you're a listener regularly, you've been uh, made aware of this for a while. But the whole financial crisis now that they're yelling, uh, oh the the debt ceiling. If we don't do something about that, we're going to default and all that kind of stuff. You pointed out a good point uh, in prep when we were kind of discussing this briefly, that um, if we default, they basically start repossessing or start going after things after 30 days, which uh, based on when the default happens and when the 30 days pass, that would put it in July. Interesting timing Uh when the Fed has their own digital... Not a currency yet, uh, but digital processing system that is directly with them kicks off in July. so it's interesting that they're pushing this crisis now the reason I say this is kind of front and center is uh in the immediate short term, I think this is the most dangerous thing on the board right now in the in the immediate short term is that they're trying to enact a social credit or a digital currency they're they're trying to trap you into this system. If they get you in this, I don't know how to get out of it easily um, because they basically have control of everything. They have control of your money. They already have control of your uh, health care. They regulate your food. But if they control your money, they control everything about your life. They, they can dictate what you can and can't buy. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's the whole point. That's everything they've been saying, they being the Fed, has been talking about uh, to uh, crush this whole inflation that we're, we're dealing with. Their whole idea, the whole premise is you control where the money goes. So if people are buying up, for example, um, you're, you're buying up laptops or, or, you know, smartphones or something like that, but there's a shortage. What they do is they curb people's ability to buy that. So they basically ban you from being able to buy those products until they become more accessible. And then they open it up to other things that are in abundant supply. So let's say there's a huge supply of, um, I don't know, a a certain food type or a certain uh, other product or. Well, then you can buy that up uh, and you're allowed to buy that. They just regulate where the money can go. And by regulating, you essentially defeat the um, inflation in, in their minds. So, yeah, that that's what I'm most concerned about right now is um the the government getting control of our finances um to a, a to you know the the penny of where it goes and and where you can spend it. Then they can also use that to regulate. God, they can regulate anything once they have that. Once they have the everything. information of what you buy everything. and sell, it's everything. They, they, they know what firearms you have, how much ammunition you have. They, they know what you buy, where you buy it from, what, what the product type is. They can identify everything about you. They can tell. Let's say you never vote. Let's say you're completely apolitical. You do not have any kind of interactions politically on social media or with people around you. You're, you're, you're an enigma to the system. They just can't figure you out. They find out what your financial records are. They can pin what you are just based on what you buy. There's been many studies of this. And in fact, uh, they've done this with um, like Amazon and some other large uh, business chains. They follow people around and follow what they buy, it, depending on what uh, political leaning you have determines what you buy. And it, it's it's quite interesting uh, when you start digging into that stuff. So even if you're apolitical, they know exactly they know everything about you. And in some cases, they know stuff about you that you don't even know about yourself yet. Bruce, I think what you're describing here is uh, clarity, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually.
0: It is actual uh, clarity, but it's clarity to a tyrant. Exactly. It is. You know, I, I don't think that people stop to consider what the ramifications of this could be. We have been sold for decades now on the new form of payment. It's been debit cards, right? Debit cards, credit cards, whatever. Oh, just just swipe your card. And then it became just tap your card. Now it's your phone or your watch or, or whatever. They'll handle the, you know, the payment tokens or whatever it is, right? It's always been about convenience. Now it is a push to this next thing. You notice it's always the next thing and the next thing the next thing. It's always more and more and more just for your convenience. It's like they're not forcing you. It's just well, it's for it's for your convenience. And they're just nudging you just a little bit in that direction, just a little bit more and a little bit more until we're eventually at this point with the digital currency, the digital wallet, the ID, the passport, the vaccine passport, all that stuff, everything's going to be rolled into one. It's the end game. That's what it's all about. It's the total control of your life from Genesis to Revelation, from beginning to end, from Alpha to Omega, whatever analogy you want to use, it is from cradle to grave, from start to finish. They will control, regulate and administer every aspect of your life. And they believe that this is a way of social engineering into the future. They're going to socially engineer you to get you to conform, to comply with whatever agenda is on the board, just over the last 36 months, how often has this agenda changed? How many times has the quote science changed just in the last three years? How often do you think it'll change when everything is automated through a digital technocracy? How much will it change then? What will you be asked to do then? You go to sleep one night. That's if you are able to sleep in the you know the prison that you're set up in. You go to sleep one night and you're in good standing. You wake up the next morning and you can't comply through whatever situation that you have or you will be in that day. And so therefore, you're excommunicated from society. This doesn't sound like it's a a wonderful utopia, does it? I don't think so. So no, uh, I'm, I'm not interested in, in any of this. You know, this is this is one of the things through the research that we're doing. This is one of the things that they actually, they warned about. and this is one thing that he warned about. He says, as a conservative, you can't fall into the trap that they want to put you in. And that is, you're a moderate conservative. You're not an extremist, right? The whole point of what this is, is it's designed to push people like us that are not extremists to be extremists. That way you can be marginalized, targeted, and eliminated. What's the way out? There's always a way out. What's the way out? There's a few ways out.
1: Depending on what we choose, though, is really going to dictate what the future is going to hold for us, whether we're going to end up in a freer country or we're going to end up in a dictatorship. So to kind of put a I, I hammer in, I, I was thinking as you were talking about it and using your uh, smartphone for like transactions and all that kind of stuff. I remember seeing an ad here recently of the newer vehicles have it set up to where you have an app
0: on your phone, and they'll lock and unlock using your I know phone. people to do that. I, I know people that do that. I don't use my phone for any of that stuff, not to mention the fact that the phone that I have, you know, the one that, that we designed, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mm-hmm. have the ability to do any of that. So it's just not an option.
1: Let's let's assume for a second that there isn't some kind of greater plan to throw us into a uh, technocracy and, and have us ruled by AI. Let's take that out of the picture for a second and just look at this from a capitalist point of view, not really capitalist. Uh, we're we're kind of more in an oligarchy than anything or a, a national socialist situation. But looking at it from a different perspective, you have that on your phone. Do you trust the company that makes the phone to keep that information secure, that they would never use that information against you or they would never sell sell that information to some other company or some other individual that is, you know, to the highest bidder? No, I I I cannot even imagine having an app on my phone to unlock my car. No, no, no. All of that information now goes to the company. They know what kind of car you have. They know everything about your car now because you've got this app on there. And what happens if, um, as an example, let's say, uh, this company, uh, let's say this company is a very well known company that makes, um, you know, search engines and. Um, for many nations, Um, smartphones um, and other products are involved in AI production. And they happened to put a a video out seven years ago now uh, called the Selfish Ledger, where they talked about doing the exact thing we're talking about of controlling and nudging people all the way down to genetic alterations. Um, Could you imagine that company having access to all of your things including your bank account your car your house your thermostat um they already do hell even the stuff even the stuff that i know that's my point is that, that google has said this entire like 7 years ago now that their intent is to nudge people into a social engineering system basically they they want to socially engineer the populace and then for the betterment of the humanity uh we also need to do uh, genetic alterations for the greater good so that oh, our course.
0: species yeah. continues to survive and blah, blah, blah. And the species would survive if they would leave it alone. Google, you know what their stated goal actually was when they were founded? Do, do you know what their goal actually was? <laughs> Don't be evil. Well, well, yeah, that was their that was their slogan. But their actual stated <laughs> goal as a company was to become the internet. And to a great extent, they have nearly accomplished that goal, I have to say. They, they've nearly done it. You know, I was looking you know, at, um, yeah, go ahead, go on. Just real
1: quick. I, I, I would have agreed with you like four or five years ago. I would have been like, yeah, Google's pretty much like they run the internet, which they still do run like the ad revenue and all that kind of the stuff, searches like that.
0: and everything. Everybody goes to Google, but I don't go to Google anymore. I can't no, stand I, it. In I fact,
1: don't. most people, no. most people that I know that are not, um, they're not, Paranoid about anything on the internet or any of that, and I'm not saying we're paranoid. Well, I mean, when they're really after out to get you. I mean, are you paranoid? They're not into any any of this stuff, and and they don't even use it anymore. And it, it just comes down to it's efficiency. Broken. It's not efficient anymore. It's, it's, it's broken. broken. Exactly. It's, just, it's
0: crap. But, the search yeah. engine. You don't get what you're looking for, and and I mean, it just no. it doesn't work. No. So they use DuckDuckGo now because it gives you the
1: classic Google feel. When you search for something, it gives you exactly what you want without all the BS. But anyway, to to back to what you were saying, sorry.
0: No, it's no, it's fine. As a matter of fact, I can't even remember what I was going to say now, but that, that's all right. It doesn't matter. Um, oh yeah, we. Uh- we actually go to Google for for their devices because they're the only company. And we've talked about this with our Crypto Phones podcast. Go back and give that a listen if you want to uh, build your own phone that's de-Googled. Yes, I know it's crazy. It's the, it's the biggest irony in the world, in the tech world. You get a Google phone to not have Google, if you can understand that. It, but that's the way that it is. They have the most secure chipset out there. They are good when it comes to building a chipset. And that's why those phones are used. Android itself is a phenomenal operating system. It is fantastic. It's great. It is Google, but when you strip it down and you remove all of the Google, Android itself is open source. It's free and open source, so it makes it very difficult for it to be uh, hacked and cracked and, and compromised and everything else. So when you strip it down... And you build another operating system based on the uh, you know the the base source code of Android. It's a great operating system, but it doesn't have any Google. So in that regard, Google is very useful when it comes to that. I'm actually interested in one of their new devices. And you know what, Bruce? I was going to run this past you, and I think I did every other Tuesday. So not the Tuesdays that we have Melissa on from Cutting Through the Matrix, but every other Tuesday, I want to start doing a uh, a Tech Tuesday. You know, just a a tech talk, whatever that is. you know, is. We'll just talk mm-hmm. about anything that's you know going on in the, te- in the tech world, devices, operating systems. Uh, we can talk about the more sinister side of things like what these companies want to do. But I was actually, I was having a look. Google's got their event coming up. I think it's tomorrow, uh, their IO event where they announce all of their new products and everything. And I, I'm actually, I'm curious about their, their new Pixel device. It's the Pixel Fold. They have confirmed that it is coming out. But the price point on it, if it's anything like the Samsung, you know the Galaxy Fold, it's like fifteen hundred to seventeen hundred. It's it's crazy. I think that's well. Ridiculous. It's a new device. It's yeah, be, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I well, I ex- I expect Google to undercut like they normally do. I expect them to to drop it down. I'm assuming it's going to be about a thousand between thousand and fifteen hundred. That's what I'm assuming. They have a new Pixel tablet coming. They've confirmed that as well. But guess what? I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Do you know why? When I buy a tablet, which I'm in the market for one now, when I buy a tablet, I want to plug the tablet in, charge it, unplug it, and use it, right? That's what you normally do with any device, right? Or you drop it down onto the wireless charger. I don't even use wireless charging, right? I have all that crap. I don't even use it. But Google have a new Pixel tablet coming out. And guess what the selling point of that tablet is? I I can't even
1: begin to... um, I'm not familiar with what people okay. want in tablets. Nowadays. Okay.
0: Well, apparently, well, the, they think that this is what people want and it's going to be something different. Okay. So I'm not interested. I was mildly interested when they said pixel tablet, because you can strip all the Google software off of it and you can redo it. But the problem is this, the way you have to charge it, that's my problem. And you say, well, wait a minute, What? what's the big deal? You just plug it into the wall and you can charge it or you can put it down on a wireless charger and you can charge it. Ah, except for what they force you to take with it that's already been announced. It's for your convenience. It's a dock. It's a magnetic dock. You walk up to this dock and you place the tablet on it and it magnetically catches it. Right. So it floats in, in midair kind of thing. Right. Right. So it's, they say that it's it's to allow you to use the tablet even when it's charging, right? So you can have a video conference or whatever while it's, it's there, right? So you can still talk to somebody while it's resting on a table. However, the stand is their Nest device that you have to take. Does it not have traditional um, USB-C ports to charge it? That I don't know. I would assume that it probably does, but I don't. No for sure. I won't know until the event starts. Oh, that's true. Um, so yeah. Interesting idea, uh
1: fun uh for the tech enthusiast, uh to to have uh yeah, but at the same time, um, as you said, having if you're a tech enthusiast and you have your house hooked up to a uh, you know, the um Google or Amazon device, you are not aware of what time it is. That that I that's just I, I do want to comment on something you said earlier too. Um you triggered a thought. It's very old school thinking. Uh, Google is still attached to, and that is the the classic thinking of you. Basically, want both sides of the aisle to buy your product, so you stay apolitical. Now, Google isn't apolitical. However, they created a product, the Pixel phone, that is open to be reformatted, basically, and so they hit the people that want the Google device and don't care that Google's tracking them, and they also get the people that do care about it and strip the phone at the same time so they get both so you know kudos to them for at least Yeah. yeah you know from a capitalist perspective i commend them for that that said uh they also the the it's also very capitalist that they have some of the best security at the same time because um they want all the information for themselves and they don't want to share it with other people so they want to allow you to give the phone information or the device or whatever but they want to make it very difficult for anyone else to access that information. So that's why you put in some of the best uh, hardware on the market, at least the civilian market, uh, in your phone. So that that totally makes sense. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna be uh, interested in seeing what what's coming uh, because this is uh, it's going to dictate the kind of things that are coming in the future. What what kind of tech is coming in the future? And then if we if we take into consideration what's happening with the Fed. There has to be some kind of box or something behind the scenes that we aren't privy to that the Fed is doing with these big corporations saying, hey, we're going to do this. Uh, You might have a product ready for it, you know, so that uh, we can easily transition into this new era of uh, whatever, Uh, I don't know, whatever language they would use. But it wouldn't surprise me. So having a Nest device built into uh, the, the charging bay there, Makes sense if you're, you're uh, doing some kind of, you know, tracking device or something of that nature uh, to track social credit by chance, you know, those kind of things. You need as many access points as possible for information to be gleaned
0: not interested not even remotely interested I will go back to hell I'll go straight uh, satellite phone if I have to you know I'll go completely off the uh, off the reservation I don't care uh, I'm not interested in any of this whatever it is they're they're cooking up I, I really don't care I'm I'm really at the end of my rope with it you can all go kick rocks as far as I'm concerned okay moving right along here uh, Bruce I was taking a look at you heard about the situation on the New York Transit. Uh, the, the new york public transportation on the subway where the the guy got choked by the uh, the former yeah, yeah. Uh, was it a marine the former marine yeah, yeah. he was a marine uh now this individual he was not exactly the um uh, the model citizen i'm not talking about the marine i'm talking about the individual that was choked he was not exactly the model citizen was he
1: mm. uh, something like 40 arrests on record or something 40. like that so 40 you yeah, say 40 arrests like that. yeah
0: uh-huh. 40 uh huh 40 arrests yeah. And so this this individual has, uh, you know, the one that, that restrained him has now been charged with, uh, would you say it was it was second degree murder? Homicide. Homicide. So yeah. we've been charged with homicide now. There is a reporter that's saying that it is, pay very close attention to the wordage here, it is bourgeois to want to feel safe on public transit. Excuse me. So we're using Marxist terminology now to describe you wanting to be safe as a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen on public transportation. Reporter Emma v- uh, Vi- Vigeland, sorry, stated that the desire to feel safe on public transit is bourgeois. She said on the Majority Report podcast, I was hit at, at one point, sitting in the subway by a man who was having ment- a mental health episode. He sat next to me, and he was kind of elbowing, you know, the kind of where you're just kind of flailing around. And he hit me in my face and my body and it was jarring. The idea that I would want him to be hurt in any way, I just didn't want to be near him in that moment because I understood that something was going on here. Every one of us who has taken public transit has had this kind of situation. Something similar happened. Seeing someone struggling, but that doesn't mean that our fear in that instance, and I was a little scared, I was hit. But like my fear, it is not like the primary, primary object of what we should be focusing on right now. It is the fact that the person is in pain. And so, like the politics of dehumanization, privileges, the bourgeois kind of concern of people's immediate discomfort in this narrow, narrow instance, as opposed to larger humanity and life, is really freaking twisted. That is really freaking twisted, the way you're thinking. A mentally ill individual is out in public where they do not belong. They belong in an institution where they can receive the proper care and assistance that they need because they are not fit to be in public, because they are a danger to not only themselves, but other members of society. But this sick-minded individual believes that, well, we don't need mental health institutions. We can close all of them down, and we can turn the streets into an outpatient ward. We can give them the care that they need in the streets, and this is somehow in the, their twisted mindset and their twisted logic, which they actually don't have any, this is somehow compassionate to these people. It's no such thing. It's tormentive. How is this compassionate? When you see an individual, and believe me, I sympathize with the individual that is mentally ill that's out there in the street. They belong in a facility where they can get the proper care or they can get the proper medication that they need. That's why we had these facilities. I know people that used to work in these facilities. And you know what? They closed them down. And I asked this individual, who I've known most of my life, I asked this individual, I said, where are they going to put all the patients? They had, I think, 200 patients. I said, where are they going to put all the patients when you close down? They were there to supervise the closing down. And they said, they're just going to put them out in the street. How is this compassionate? How is this? uh, What is this? Uh, How is this uh, um, a bourgeois concern? To, to be concerned about uh, the safety of people. You know, I talked to people that have been out in, in San Francisco. And of course, this, t- this incident took place in, in New York. And believe me, I've seen what goes on in the New York City subway system. And it's really, really gone downhill. It's, it's worse than it's ever been. You know, the MTA, d- God love them, they do the best they can. But there's only so much you can do as an MTA employee. There's only so much you can do. And if you interfere in any way, shape or form as the authority, you are now considered to be The one that's going to be in trouble, instead of the individual that belongs in an institution that deserves care. I'm not saying you put them in a a mental facility and you put them into a dark hole in chains like we used to do in the dark ages or what we would consider to be, I don't know, a hundred years ago. That's not how you do things, unless you're Marxist, (laughs) unless you're that. Yeah, but (laughs) then yeah, then it doesn't become a mental deficiency. You actually put the smart people in there. But this is their way of thinking is inverted. It's reversed. And I shouldn't be surprised here. I shouldn't be surprised in the least because this is just how their minds work. She says that fear is not the primary object of what we should be focused on. Excuse me? You shouldn't be concerned about your safety, ma'am? You shouldn't be concerned about the safety of your fellow citizens? You know, I've I've been around mentally unstable individuals more times than I would care to admit. Hazards of the job, right? I'll just leave it at that. And I can say that I have never been injured by one, but that's not to say that they haven't tried. Where we are now in the streets of America, when you go onto public transit now, it's almost like you're taking your life in your own hands. When you walk down the street, it's the same thing. Have you seen the streets of San Francisco, the streets of New York, the streets of Detroit, the streets of Philadelphia? Have you seen our cities, the drug epidemic that's taken place? You think these people don't have means of uh, of assaulting other people that pass by? Innocent civilians that just pass by? Oh, I assure you they do. You don't hear about these assaults because they're covered up. And when they aren't covered up and they're so heinous that they have to be taken before the DA, the Soros elected DA has the case dismissed. And don't tell me that's not happening. Alvin Bragg. The Manhattan district attorney, Soros guy, also the same one bringing this crap against Trump and whatever his thing is with with that nonsense. He is also the one that is announcing an investigation into the death of the 30-year-old who died as a result of the chokehold. Which way do you think that's going to go? This is the same guy that releases those types of individuals that succumb to his injuries. The one that had 40-something charges, you know, the model citizen. Yeah. I think he was also a
1: Michael Jackson impersonator or something like that, Uh supposedly. No, see, (laughs) that whole bourgeois argument, the next time that this uh, person is on the subway and um, they have an individual that demands they hand over their valuables, it's very bourgeois for this individual to think that they should have safety on the, the train. They should just hand over their valuables because, you know, like I said, it's bourgeois. That is absolutely absurd. Um, The thing is, bringing up the Marine again, he put this individual in a chokehold. And then after the individual went unconscious, he put him into the recovery position. The intent was not to obviously injure the guy. The intent was to uh, incapacitate and keep him from being a problem. Same maneuver that police use or used to use until it was banned after George Floyd. Um, You you basically incapacitate the individual. You put him to sleep. Now, my guess... um, So the the coroner report came out and said, yeah, he died by asphyxiation, basically. Uh, The the coroner's report is more or less um, solidifies this Marine is probably going to prison, given our current legal system. What I want to know is... uh, yeah, so Soros funds DAs. Does he also fund uh, coroners to help facilitate DAs going after the right people, the right people in his eyes, George Soros's eyes? I think, if I had to uh, take a guess, my my thoughts: this thirty-year-old um, that was choked um, to death, according to the mainstream media, I'm sure he was probably on drugs of some kind. Because if you if you look at how he was acting beforehand, and then all of a sudden it's like he snapped almost like the drugs kicked in he then started becoming erratic it's possible that he was on some form of drug and it's possible that whatever drug he was on he was having a bad trip a bad reaction whatever and the drugs would have killed him anyway uh and this uh, marine just put him to sleep and he died in his sleep that's 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 very possible and the coroners report that he died because he, he basically had his throat crushed, is what, what the guy said, more or less. Which if you watch the video, I'm pretty sure you put the, the, the marine. I I haven't seen I've only seen pictures. It looked like he put him in the uh Sleeper hold the correct way. There, there's a correct way and a wrong way. The correct way, you put them to sleep without doing any damage. The incorrect way, you can actually crush their trachea. Um, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. But, but as you pointed out, this guy is going after Trump. This uh, DA, so uh, it, wrongfully so, um, he's going to go after this marine. This marine's life is probably going to be uprooted, and he's going to be fighting this for a long time. And then, not not to let's say he wins this case just as any other case when it comes to self-defense or or you know good samaritan you're another five ten years plus of legal stuff you know lawfare uh the family comes after you friends of friends or whatever come after you to try to get any money they can out of you they sue you and then whatever other kind of legal stuff you go through with the state and county and all of that so and then if the, the state fails to go after him, the, the the White House may pull their BS again and send the FBI after him and, and try to uh, bring some kind of federal charge to the table. Um, eh, I don't know. I, the Marine did. Uh, he tried to do a good Samaritan thing and he's getting punished for
0: it. hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to do everything they can to go for a maximum sentence or they'll up a charge like they did with the, the thing. They've already got all the, uh, you know, the Antifa types and everybody down there uh, protesting in front of the trains. Why would you stop a train because of that? Well, is there is there a reason we're stopping trains? Believe me, if there's one thing New Yorkers hate more than anything else, regardless of your politics, they hate it when you stop their trains and they can't get somewhere. They don't like that. So I would uh I would urge caution to those that are down there protesting. Moving right along here, uh did you know that the United Nations they're asking the Taliban to be nice. Specifically you know, they they want them to end the floggings and the executions. Wasn't there wasn't there a president that something that said something about them being like the the JV team or something like that? Uh Yeah, and they also said they were uh, business like and professional. Yes. Yeah. Yeah actually that was that was uh two different um
1: administrations that said that, and the administration before him uh so Obama was the one that was saying that the Taliban are basically done. They were mortal enemies of ours just you know the year before that, and then now they're business like and professional i i'm I'm sorry, these guys are actively. Uh, dealing in human trafficking, they're actively going and beating women and barring them from going to school, raping them, I mean, and they're businesslike and professional. If this business like and professional, maybe we need to address our own business like and professional individuals here.
0: Well, Bruce, you you heard, you heard the Taliban spokesman when they regained control of the country, they said that women would have all the rights guaranteed to them and they would be protected under the Sharia.
1: Under the Sharia. Yes. And they are being protected
0: and provided all the rights that they're given under Sharia. That that, that is true. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is utterly barbaric. And it's a disgrace to allow this. As the United Nations, what are you doing other than some some harsh words? You people are useless. You're absolutely useless to what's happening to those women in that country.
1: You know, uh, there was there was a time when in our past, in America, there was arguments being made that slaves that are freed should not count as one full vote. They should be counted as a half vote, right? Uh, there was arguments that were done. Uh, in Sh- under Sharia, women aren't even half. They're, they make up, like, the. In, in, let's say there was a voting system, right, and they were allowed to vote. They make up a quarter of a vote. They don't even make up a full vote. In other words, um, they're dirt, that, that That's all it is. They're just, uh, I don't know, uh, nicer words to use. So I, I will, I will hesitate from saying the, the other things that I have on my mind that mm-hmm. basically no, they're used. They're used and that's it. That's all they're good for.
0: A United Nations report on Monday strongly criticized. You hear that strong criticism from the UN. Well, I'm shaking in my boots, aren't you? strong criticism from the United Nations. They criticized the Taliban for carrying out public executions, lashings and stonings since seizing power in Afghanistan and called on the country's rulers to halt such practices. I mean, I think they'll listen, right? I mean, they're, they're businesslike and professional. I, I think they'll I think they'll listen. In the past six months alone, 274 men, 58 women, and two boys were publicly flogged in Afghanistan, according to the report by the United Nations Assistance Mission in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Corporal punishment is a violation of the Convention Against Torture and must cease, says the agency's human rights chief. She also called for an immediate moratorium on executions.
1: As, as, a, um, as an American, uh, I'm uh, honestly... I, I don't know what to do about the situation, uh, personally, because my... my well, I tell you, I'll tell you the first um, thing you do.
0: I'll tell you the first thing you do. I'm sorry to, to interject, but I'll tell you the first thing you do. The first thing you do is you don't give them any kind of diplomatic recognition. That's the first thing. I think that is step number one.
1: Good step, yeah. I,
0: I can agree with that. uh
1: the, the This is this is where I'm I'm running into a kind of a speed bump when it comes to this. So keep in mind that I was... Uh, younger teen years when we we started going into Iraq and uh, Afghanistan. Uh, Not the first time, but the second time. So, early 2000s. My mindset is, when you say Taliban, um, is terrorist organization. Um, In other words, when you say Taliban, I'm saying, uh, when's the next airstrike coming in? Uh, Like, this isn't somebody that I think of as a ruling party or a ruling government of a of a nation right this is um these are scum uh so that that that's my um so i i'm i'm at, at kind of at a difficult how do we deal with this because here here's the problem uh as an american we have a lot of things on our home front to deal with but at the same time the entire problem there is our doing because we improperly pulled out of afghanistan we left a vacuum to get bring them to power and honestly if we weren't there in the first place, if we didn't fall into that trap and go over there in the first place, um, this wouldn't be a thing.
0: Which I'm not entirely sure. We never actually got an explanation as to why we were in there. Did we? Oh, yes. Don't give me the the crap about, oh, well, that's where bin Laden was hiding. We didn't even know. And by the way, if you believe the official story, not saying I do or I don't, I'm not taking sides on it. I'm simply saying we didn't get him in Afghanistan. We got him in Pakistan. That's if you follow the official story.
1: Yeah. So I don't know why we were in
0: Afghanistan, to be honest, um, other than. Uh, we know why uh, we were in there. <laughs> we well, we know yes. the real reason why we were in there. Yeah. But as far as we, the public, were concerned at the time, we never, we as never the American told. public, we never got an actual excuse as, as in like a good reason as to why we were there. Uh, did that also encompass WMDs? Uh, was that I, also don't think part so. of I don't think so I, I don't think so I didn't I don't I recall that, was a, that a yeah, I don't only. recall that yeah I don't recall that ever being a thing I I never heard about WMDs and, and even the guys that I talked to that would rotate around that were you know like staff sergeants the Marine Corps and stuff they they would say they would never say anything like that obviously I mean if there's something that was you know classified or something then you couldn't talk mm-hmm. about it I get mm-hmm. it. and they would never but. It was never a thing, even through the mainstream media talking points. It was never a thing that we were on a mission to try and discover WMDs because in a country where and I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be condescending here, but I mean, I'm just saying in a country where you had one guy who ran a food stand and he delivered messages to his cousin that was two valleys over on a moped And that guy hated his uncle's cousin's sister because they stole a goat that belonged to a wedding gift or something like that three generations ago, and they're still at war because of it. And again, I'm not being condescending. That's just how they think. That's just how it is. That's not exactly a a reason to be in a country to gather intelligence. Like That kind of intelligence network doesn't play in in terms of our national security at all. I don't see a, a national security incident there whatsoever. I just, I don't see it. And as far as uh, the pullout goes, and I heard you talk about that, and we were criticizing that from the start. It was, look, I understand that we were in there, but we were in there and we were entrenched in there. And we left all of that on the ground. We left the power vacuum, as you talked about. Nature abhors a vacuum. We knew something was going to, to take place right after that, and it certainly did. But we started doing, for whatever reason, through the intelligence communities, and I say that very loosely these days, due to the research that we're looking into, they start hitting over the horizon targets, OTH targets, which is you don't have any intel. You're just hitting targets to hit targets. Do you remember the guy that they hit on the tuk-tuk that was going out for water for his family, the aid worker? And they said, oh, that was some big terrorist leader. No, it wasn't. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, The family members and friends that I, I have that were over there, they never once mentioned uh, searching, you know, the the many raids that they did on compounds, patrol routes, all that kind of stuff. They never mentioned being in search of WMDs. It was always drugs, uh, weapons, caches, ammo, that kind of stuff. It was never about WMDs. Now, I'm sure it was at one point, And like I've said, there was WMDs there at one point. They were just moved out. They, and the thing is, um, was it a yeah. they.
0: It's Iraq you're speaking yes.
1: of. Yeah. Iraq specifically. Yeah. Um I, I don't know about Afghanistan, uh, you know. Yeah, well, Iraq like said, we the,
0: we actually went over that. We we did look and we we were able to confirm uh that there were WMDs in Iraq, but as you said, they moved them out before. It was but, maybe 2 2 weeks before they moved them out. But in Afghanistan, I'm also
1: referencing Afghanistan. So so the 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 pullout, the WMDs were in Iraq, but they were moved out, okay? But in Afghanistan None of my fan, friends and family have mentioned uh, we were there after WMDs or we were there after. They've all said they were after drugs and weapons or ammunition. That was it. Or, or looking for terrorists, quote unquote. And doing uh, humanitarian work, you know, building relationships with the tribes and everything, and trying to find terrorist networks and all that kind of stuff. They were they were basically there to uproot Taliban, uh, and that was it. As far as I was. Uh, as far as the family was aware or at least that they could talk about
0: again it was uh it was a complete waste of time to be over there to begin with uh, but anyway that's another story for another day uh, we are going to kick out of here a few minutes early bruce uh, barring anything else do you have anything else
1: no not not really
0: it's a slow news day it, it is a slow news day. Yeah. we are going to call this one done so i would like to thank you for being here today thank you to all of the listeners god bless everyone and have a great evening